warning. The program you're about to hear is absolutely filthy and thoroughly disgusting. Furthermore, listening to it will immediately turn you into a bottom. Bottom. Listen, when, when it's messy, it's a problem for everyone in the room. Correct. All ten of them. I'm proud to declare the Adam Sank Show and his ass open to the wind. Ass open to the wind. This is fuckery. <laughs> this is all fuckery. <laughs> fuckery, fuckery, fuckery. Powered by DNR Studios. And now... Give a warm round of applause to my friend and yours, Adam Sank. <laughs> the queen is dead. Long live the king. But this queen is here. God, the bell is so far away. Welcome to the Adam Sank Show, bitches. We're back live. If you're listening live at 11 a.m. Eastern, Saturday, September 10th, 2022, dnrstudios.com or the DNR Cast app, the only place to hear this podcast live and throughout the week that it first airs. Leave us your ratings and reviews on Apple Podcasts. We haven't gotten one in about a month. Fuck everyone. Uh, what else? Email me. Anything you want at adam at adamsank.com. Call and speak to us live on the Ass Hotline or when we're not even on the air. The number's 804-TALK-ASS. Like the Adam Sank Show Facebook page. Get your ass merch at adamsank.com. Please get vaccinated and boosted for everything if you haven't already done so. And here on the Ass, we stand with Ukraine. Ukraine is actually, uh, I've been getting some AP News alerts in the last few minutes. Ukraine is like making progress in their campaign against the Russians. It's kind of awesome. So... Go them. Um, our guest today is the beautiful and allegedly straight comedian Kevin Israel. We've had him on the show many times, but not since he became a father. So now he's a daddy and a father, and we'll be asking him about that a little later in the hour. But first, it's time to welcome everyone's favorite chubby Chorizo, my co-host and partner in crime, Steve Chasado. Hello, everybody. Oh, I can second that. In my ears, this is so funny. Steve, Steve had a hectic morning because uh, I, I asked either him or JB to get the bagels today since I wasn't able to, and neither of them did. I but tried. Steve tried. And then I was standing in line. This is about two blocks away from here. It's a place called Gourmet Bagel. Mm. And I went to get these said gourmet bagels, and there was one person in front of me, one person behind the counter, and she said, you know what? I would like bacon. And he was like, I don't have bacon. And he's like, but I can make some for you. So as I'm sitting there watching the time oh, go by, only one person behind the counter, I said, fuck it. I got to go. No bagels today. So I left. I'm sorry, both of you. I forgive you. You know, truthfully, I'm on my way out to Fire Island. I'm going to be doing this uh, this dirty uh, Roman-themed party tonight called Gladiator. I'm sorry, called Spartacus. <laughs> not Gladiator. I'll be dressed as a Gladiator. Um, and I'm trying to not eat any carbs today. So it's a, it's a blessing from God that I didn't get my bagel. No bloat for you. No bloat. Also, I have to run studio today because Adam's going to shit himself. So. Yes. I, thank you for telling. <laughs> thank you for telling the listeners that I almost shit my pants this morning. Was, I actually ran for you, so be honored. I don't run thank for you, no JB. One. Yes, I got here and JB wasn't here yet, and I texted him and said, "If you don't get here soon, I'm going to shit in the hallway." As soon as I got off the train, I ran <laughs> so fast because I know that feeling. Oh very God. Well. Yeah. It was the kind of thing where, like, it was coming whether I was ready for it or not. But um, all is well. What a lovely way to start the show. Um, okay, this is the last time you'll hear this for a year. Because this is your very last chance. And really, if you're listening a week later, it's too late. But for those of you who, are, who subscribe... It's your last chance to vote for the Adam Sank Show in the podcast awards. Check your email if you haven't already, including your spam folder. Mm -hmm. If you were selected as a voter, they will have notified you. Uh, so go back to podcastawards.com, log in, and uh, you have to do all this before September 13th and vote for the Adam Sank Show in the comedy category. Vote for DNR, Derek and Romaine in the People's Choice, and either Derek and Romaine or If These Ovaries Could Talk in LGBTQ. Um, I think... Maybe the next time we're live, we'll know whether we won or not. I'm not sure of the timeline, but soon we'll know whether we won, um, and I hope that uh, we do. Nice. Yeah, so thank you all for nominating and voting. Yeah. Uh, as I said, we have no new reviews. I, I, I'm hesitant to whether or not I want to talk about this topic that I've put on the rundown. God. I'm in a fight with my family right now. <gasps> oh, no. Over an Instagram post oh, that I so put ready. up. 
Do you guys know which post it is? Can you guess? No. But did we introduce JB? I think uh, we're Oh, sorry. JB, welcome. <laughs> oh, hi. Uh, we talked about my almost shitting, and so that was JB's oh. introduction. <laughs> yeah, that, that, I think that was a great introduction, because mm. that's our show. But <laughs> uh, No, no. I think the last one I saw was with food. Yeah, see, that's the thing. It di- it didn't even make an impression on anyone but them. But it, it's a. I put up an Instagram post. Okay. Here's what happened. I recently found these very old pictures of my grandfather and my father. Oh yeah, my grandfather. The, oh, the pictures from 1928. My father. It's a picture of him from his wedding, 1962. And I was going to put up a picture of me, <laughs> do like a triptych, and be like, "Look how much we all look alike." And then at the last minute, I thought, "Wouldn't it be funny if the picture of me was?" Like my ass, <laughs> you know, as a comment on like there here are these two dignified men mm-hmm. in tuxedos, and here's me, like my slutty self showing my ass off to the world, and it's also a comment on like social media, mm-hmm. right, because in their day that that you know that was probably the the, the only photograph my grandfather yeah. had taken for the first fifty years of his life. But we're constantly showing, like, our ass and our dick and selfies and whatnot. Anyway, (laughs) I put it up, and I got this group text (gasps) from my mother and sisters that was basically like, how dare you take this down immediately? Oh, no. It is disgust. You are disgusting. You are disrespectful. Uh, My sister said, you're an old man and nobody wants to see your ass. <gasps> so that's lovely body shaming and age shaming. And the fact is, if any one of them had just picked up the phone and called me and been like, listen, it's really upsetting to me to see this. I might have taken it down. But don't fucking gang up on me <laughs> in a three-way text chat and tell me that I'm disgusting and disrespectful over something that really is pretty fucking harmless. Honestly, this is... This seems like you. Like <laughs> it's, it's on brand, right? Yeah, yeah. This is on brand for you. Like if there, if, oh, it's still if, up. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. Still up. Oh, right I didn't now. take it down. No, I refuse. And you have to know that it's kind of funny. my mother is like JB's mother. Like yeah. she's used to getting her way. Yeah. Um. And ninety nine percent of my life, I have done whatever my mother tells me to do. And this one time, I thought, you know what? I'm a fifty one year old man. And I can put on my own fucking social media what I want to. And if you don't like it, you don't have to follow me. Agreed. And because they were just insistent that I take this down and not taking no for an answer, I just blocked them on Instagram. (gasps) And I haven't spoken to them since then. This happened like early (laughs) in the week. So, and I know that like every person in their world is probably telling them like, oh my God, of course you did that. I don't blame you for feeling that way. How outrageous. And everyone in my world is like, who gives a fuck? We live in different worlds. I get that. But do they think that anyone who saw that picture was thinking about it 30 seconds later? Of course not. It doesn't. What's the harm? Explain to me what harm is done to my father or my grandfather by that post. My grandfather's been dead for 40 years. My father is alive and well, and if he had a problem with it, he could have reached out to me, and I would have taken it down. He doesn't give a shit. Honestly, this picture makes them look good, and you like an ass. That's exactly right, JB. And I'm here for it. Look at these beautiful man tucks, and there's Adam's ass. That's what I said. I said said the joke is at my expense. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not putting a picture of their naked ass up. Exactly. It's... I, I, it's funny. But also, I'm going to fight with your sister cool. because that ass is really perky. I mean, it's an old picture. <laughs> but thank you, Steve. Very, I mean, it is an old picture. But, 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 but the fact is, people, pay, <laughs> people have paid money recently to see me naked on stage. So see? to say that no one wants to see my ass is false. But it's also not the point. Yeah. It's not the point of the post. It's to be funny. And by the way, it's gotten over 300 likes. <laughs> And some of the comments and likes are from a lot, like people with blue checks, people that I really admire and respect yeah. and have had on this show. And that's more important to me than whether my 81 year old mother <laughs> and my late 50s sisters who live in suburbia are happy with it or not. It's not for you. <laughs> the post I'm... is not for you. Mm-hmm. Nothing I put on Instagram is for you. So if you don't like it, tough shit. My mom's always like, why don't you add me on your social media accounts? Because you're not going to like things I post. Exactly. Instead of having this argument and making the file everything, might as well just leave you there. Well, and I was talking to um, a friend of mine, Tyler, a young gay friend who's quite sexy. And he posts – he doesn't post nudes, but he posts like a lot of like himself in like a jock strap or mm-hmm. wearing like a, a crop top or something. 
And uh, he gets the same shit from his family. His sister's like, this is disgusting. Take it down. So it made me feel better to know that yeah. it's not just me. Yeah. But, like, they need to get over it. Yeah. Stop being so body negative. I did post a picture of me in a dress and a wig, and my mom was not thrilled with it. It was not my ass, but that was more of like, you know, Mexican men are, are men, and you don't wear dresses, and they don't wear wigs. And she was like, take that down right now. And I said, but what's it, what, the, to your point, what's it hurting? It doesn't hurt anybody except maybe shame the two people that are upset. And there's a kind of narcissism when you make it, like, for your mother or my mother to make it about themselves. It's not about you. Yeah. This has nothing to do with you. We are not part of you anymore. Yes. We are independent humans. Anyway, I've said enough. Um, if you disagree with me, by the way, I'd love to hear from you. Uh, email me at adam at adamsignet.com. Nobody in my family yeah. listens to this podcast, so uh, they won't know. But um, Leave us a review and let us know in the review. It, thank you. <laughs> thank you. All right. So the huge news this week, obviously, is that – oh, let's do a quick recommended oh. recommended viewing. Hit it, Gail. You were so caught up in my... I hate this segment. Who gives a fuck what anyone else is watching on TV? This, this shit, shit sucks. sucks. So this week, I'm going to do a book. Recommended reading. Recommended reading. I think meeting. the last recommended reading was Ryan uh, recommending Ethan Morden and his books. And um, this is in the same sort of canon of classic gay authors that I had never read and even never even no. heard of. Uh, John Ritchie is a legendary gay mm. author who's still alive. He's in his 90s. And in 1963, he published his first novel, City of Night, which uh, was a very scandalous book in its time. It's all about uh, sort of the gay hustler lifestyle Ooh. in New York, in Los Angeles, in New Orleans. It, he goes all over the country, and it's based very much on his own life. And at the time... Uh, he's been quoted as saying he thought it was going to get great reviews and no one was going to buy it, and the opposite happened. Everyone it got terrible it. reviews. The critics hated it because they thought it was pornography, yeah. but it was a sensation, and he went on to, to write many other books. It is really fascinating glimpse of what gay life was like in 1963, pre-Stonewall, um, mm. pre-Compton's Cafeteria, uh, and particularly what the hustler lifestyle was like and what Times Square was like in the early 60s. I'd love to know. I'm going to read that book. It's great. Um, so I'm only about a fourth of the way through it, but I recommend it highly. Uh, JB, what uh, what are you recommending this week? Okay, so I, I watched a show recently that I got really into. I'm so glad it's been booked for for four seasons. Uh, it's called The Equalizer with Queen Latifah. Yes. Oh, I love Queen Latifah. Yes, it is so good. Uh, the third season is about to come out, I think, next month, and they already got renewed for a fourth season. So I'm here for it. I'm I was excited. just uh, listening to an old episode of The Ass from like a, a year ago, mm -hmm. and I even forgot this. Queen Latifah came out. Yeah. I forgot that she did. Yeah, she she did. thanked her wife and her child at an award show. Even though this is weird because the equalizer, she's straight. That's and, fine. Yeah. But the, her aunt, I guess, is, uh, she didn't come out, but she has a, a story. I guess we're still speculate. I don't know, but it's in, it's intriguing, powerful television. You should give it a watch. It's two seasons on Paramount Plus. I am going to watch that. I love yeah. Queen Latifah. And listen, gay people can play straight. I mean, no, that's look a, at Kevin Israel. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's I, I, you know, I wanted I wanted her to embrace embrace it because if she came out, it'd be nice to see her. You'll know, be mm -hmm. just you know. By the way, Kevin is here early, so he might as well turn on his mic and he can comment on the stories as we do them. But you're not officially here yet. I'm, I'll pretend I'm not here. Uh, Steve recommended viewing. Recommended viewing. So this has been going on the TV show for, I believe, since 2000, July 5th, 2000. This is Big Brother. And this season started off as a sleeper. However, it's really gotten great. So those of you that don't know what Big Brother about, it's an American television reality competition show based on the Everyone original. Everyone knows. Okay, good. So anyway, what they get is there's, there's a really interesting dynamic that has sort of started to form where they have this episode that talks about uh, this Mormon boy who is making it closer towards the end. I'm not going to spoil what happens to him. But he says some interesting racially insensitive things that I think if he wasn't a part of like a bigger city or was a little less, um, cl not closeted, um, 
what is it? Cloistered. Yeah, that he would have a little bit more awareness of the things that he says or things that were okay in the past in old seasons of Big Brother to new seasons of Big Brother. So I just watched this last, last episode and it was really great to see one that the ethnically diverse people in the group, they had a really good sit down conversation with him. And he was so open to hearing what other people's perspectives and realities were. And the way the episode ended um, was is they all came to a conclusion of what his next steps would be and what the group's next steps would be. But it was just nice to see people hearing each other out, understanding their differences and what could happen if we all listen to each other and make each other better. It was in other excellent. words, instead of calling him out, they called him in. Yes. Absolutely. I'm a huge fan of that. Yeah. I do think that that is such a better strategy than just being like, you're canceled, yep. fuck you, goodbye forever, yeah. where no one learns anything. Yeah. I don't like Big Brother. I find it really tedious. It's like Survivor with, like with nothing to do, with, <laughs> with no challenges. Uh, and also Julie Chen Moonvase kind of makes me <sighs> ill because she stood by her mm -hmm. sexual harassing husband and like started calling herself Moonvase yeah. instead of believing the women and whatever yeah. but uh that sounds great yeah thank you good Steve. for you good, good for you good for you <laughs> all right so the big story this week is that queen elizabeth died uh after 70 years on the throne she was 96 i have to say um you know it really did affect me in a weird way i wasn't crying and it didn't affect me the way diana's death did because mm. she was like so young and beautiful and we yeah. weren't expecting it we knew Queen Elizabeth was going to go soon. Yeah. But she is a constant. And the, I think the value in having a monarchy, if there is a value, is when you look at how divided the United States is right now, there's basically no legitimate politicians anymore, right? Like right. when Biden is president, half the country doesn't accept him. They don't even think he fucking won the election. They think he's a whatever they think he is. Yeah. Trump, we know those of us who have any sense know that he's a criminal and a traitor and was selling nuclear secrets and tried to overthrow democracy. And so there's no authority figure that everyone trusts. There's no institution that everyone trusts. Even the FBI mm -hmm. is now suspect for half the country. So I think her value is everyone respected her and everyone yeah. looked up to her. And of course, she never took a position. <laughs> which makes it easy for people to trust you. Yeah. But there is something valuable about just representing your country, period, and yeah. having no uh, partisan sway. Um, she also, by all uh, reports, was a very decent person. And so I thought, this being the Adam Sank show, we would look at uh, Queen Elizabeth's record on LGBTQ rights. Is this a list? Such as it was. There is a bit of a list. This is list. from a website I've never seen before called Them. I think it's called them. This for us. Uh, it's for us. <laughs> so last May, the Queen announced um, that her government was banning conversion therapy for LGBTQ people. This announcement was celebrated by LGBTQ advocates. Um, the ban had been discussed ever since uh, former Prime Minister Theresa May was in office in 2018. Um, the current conversion therapy ban does not include protections for trans people, however, which is a big problem. And again, like when she announces that, it's like that's the policy of her prime minister. She's just announcing it, but it's still got her stamp on it, yep. which is important. Um, in 2013, she backed a new charter for the UK's Commonwealth of Nations, saying we are implacably – is that how you pronounce it? Implacably opposed to all forms of discrimination, whether rooted in gender – race, color, creed, political belief, or other grounds. Um, many people received the, the latter phrase or other grounds as a tacit endorsement of LGBTQ rights. However, the charter did not explicitly state a commitment to those rights. And so I don't know that we can give her credit for that. Um, also, many people pointed out that the British Empire is, is responsible for exporting all of the laws that criminalized homosexuality to its colonies. Um, and spreading homophobia throughout the world. So they have a lot to make up for. Um, she did explicitly endorse LGBTQ rights during a speech in 2017. She said, my government will make further progress to tackle the gender pay gap and discrimination against people on the basis of their faith, gender, disability, or sexual orientation. That's the first time she had mentioned 
LGBTQ rights since uh, 2003 when she vowed to support same-sex partnerships. Um, meanwhile, there have been rumors over the years of homophobia at Buckingham Palace. Some of the senior staff uh, who came out as gay were demoted. Um, and certainly there's been discrimination for years at the palace. So let's not call her an LGBTQ hero. <laughs> <laughs> but I think in general, although she was very slow to adapt, she did adapt and evolve over the years yeah. and was willing to accept changes to the country, to the monarchy, to her own family. Uh, you know, I mean, she wouldn't, in the very beginning, she would never accept Peter Townsend as her sister's uh, husband-to-be oh, right. because he had been divorced, and ultimately three of her four kids got divorced. Yeah. <laughs> How do you feel about the Queen, Steve? You know, it's so funny. I have a different perspective than you do, that it's sort of like I never thought she was going to die because she's just always been. And a really interesting thing, like you said, politically, is she's just always been there. And I might disagree with you. I think she has had influence, but the way that she was able to talk about it, she had, I think the word is really good discretion about how she would influence policy and politicians and the way that she was able to maneuver around without ever saying the queen or the royal family, you know, or wherever Buckingham Palace said X, Y, Z, she was able to do it quietly and in such a way that she did have influence like, uh, climate change or, you know, uh, LGBT issues or things like that. Even things like, you know, uh, Prince, was it? yeah, Harry marrying Mar Meghan Markle was a huge bit of influence that I think also shows what she, the way her thinking has evolved. Yeah, I mean, I think, <clears throat> I think Charles, the new king, is far more of a liberal and a reformer than his mother. And I think yeah. we're going to see some interesting things, particularly when it comes to climate, which is a huge issue for him and for William. But, um, Anyway, rest in peace, Queen Elizabeth. Uh, I liked you. I thought you were cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, I'm sorry for the people of uh, England, some of whom listen to this podcast. So my condolences to you. Um, now God to the American. <laughs> now to the American Queen RuPaul. Yay! RuPaul has just won her tw his twelfth Emmy, which makes him the most awarded black person in Emmy history. Yay. This was at the Creative Arts Emmy Awards uh, last weekend. Um, he won the uh, award for Outstanding Host for a reality or competition program. He's won that award every year since 2016. Um, he also has won for being an executive producer of the show. And so in total, as I said, he's now won tw uh, 12 Emmys. Um, this article did not mention who the other most awarded black recipients of Emmys were. And of course, I love a list and I had to go do my own research. <laughs> so the three most nominated uh, black people in Emmy history, the first is a guy named Joe Earl, who's a sound mixer. He's received wow. 25 Emmy nominations. Oh my gosh. The fabulous Debbie Allen, mm. legendary choreographer and actress and sister to Felicia Rashad. She has been nominated 21 times. Jesus. And then Donald A. Morgan, a lighting director, has been nominated 19 times. As far as the black people who have won the most Emmys, RuPaul, as we said, is number one with 12. The aforementioned Donald, Donald A. Morgan uh, has won 10. And then someone named Hema Screech Washington has won seven. And I forgot to Google what Hema Screech Washington what? does, but I think it's a technical job. Uh -huh. And then Debbie Allen has won five. Dave Chappelle has won five. Jacqueline Glover has won five. So congratulations to RuPaul. Good job, Ru. That's amazing. Yeah. 12 Emmys. She thanked um, Norman Lear, who was in the crowd. And she also thanked Arsenio Hall. Uh, she, he, I never know what to call RuPaul. He thanked Arsenio Hall because Arsenio Hall was his first time being on network television. Mm. And he had to join the union for that. So basically he got his, his after card from the Arsenio Hall show. Wow. Which is cool. Yeah. I always thought Arsenio was gay himself, but that's a topic for another time. <laughs> Meanwhile, Shangela has made history as the yes. first drag queen to be cast on Dancing with the Stars. Look at that. Is she going to be in heels, like as a girl or as a boy? She's going to be competing in drag, and, and therefore uh, she and her partner will be the first male-male couple ever on Dancing oh with the Stars. Can you imagine the hair? You have to oh, dance my God, the hair, hair and the outfits. <laughs> 
I love Shangela. The pads. I think Shangela is maybe my favorite of all the RuPaul's Drag Race, besides Bianca Del Rio, of course. Shangela's a dance teacher, isn't she? Or am I thinking of... I don't know that she's a teacher. Doesn't she have her own studio and a special on Netflix? Am I thinking of the right person? Mm, Maybe. Last year, YouTube star Jojo Siwa made Dancing with the Stars history with her Mm same-sex pro partner. They were a female-female pair. Um, This new cast is very heavy on reality TV stars, um, but it also includes deaf actor Daniel Durant, who was in the movie Coda. Uh, Charlie's Angels star Cheryl Ladd, which for people Ooh. of my generation yeah. is very exciting. Um, Selma Blair from Cruel Intentions, she's battling multiple sclerosis, so it's it's going to be a real challenge for her um, to to be in this competition, and it's very inspiring for people who who are disabled. Um, comedian and game show host Wayne Brady, who's been on Broadway and like mm-hmm. can sing and dance, and he'll be fine. Teresa Judice, that hateful cunt from The Real Housewives of New Jersey. <laughs> Uh, Vinny from Jersey Shore, <gasps> who's rumored to have an enormous penis. I stand up with him. You did? Mm-hmm. Oh, and was, how was that? It was like his first time, and he had all everything was written for him. Did you see his penis? No, I didn't, and I didn't <laughs> ask about it either. Disappointing. <laughs> Kevin Israel, ladies and gentlemen. Get out. Uh, <laughs> exactly. But he has that energy. <laughs> he big definitely has big dick energy. Um, Jordan Sparks, American Idol winner, is going to be on. Jordan Sparks. And what I'm most excited about, aside from Shangela, is Joseph Baena. Joseph Baena is the illegitimate son of Arnold Schwarzenegger. Remember when Arnold fucked Mm -hmm. the maid and had a baby? That baby has grown up into a 24-year-old man who is so hot. He's crazy hot. Those biracial babies. He He looks more like Arnold. Than, than Patrick other, Schwarzenegger, yeah. who's also hot, but I agree. I mean, it's Arnold Schwarzenegger. Like, Arnold was always a hot guy. Mm-hmm. Like, damn. <laughs> you, you could do better. Like, and also, the maid was also hot, too. So The maid was not hot. Was she not? If I remember, she was rather uh, ordinary. Yeah. But Joseph looks like Arnold, but with like a little bit of a Latin spice yeah. to him. And he's just got the most beautiful body. He's become an actor, too. And... Um, yeah, I'm very excited about seeing him dance. Wow. Although, by the way, I'm not watching this because it's on Disney Plus and I'm not going to pay for that shit. <laughs> Yo, seriously, okay. I saw a commercial that says Disney Plus is only a uh, dollar this month. I was like, there's no way I'm going to binge a whole bunch of shows in a month. <laughs> like, You could. You I, and your cat. You and your puss puss. I know I could, but then that means neglecting sleep, also work. Like, yeah. I have projects I need to get done before October. <laughs> I just don't like when they take a show that's been on a, a network mm. for years and years and years, and they suddenly make you pay for it. I'm offended by it. Yeah, fuck you, Disney. Cancelled. You're cancelled. But good luck, Shangela and uh, Joseph Baena. Baena. Yeah. Um, I'm going to skip a story, and we'll do this, which is that uh, Chuck Schumer, the Senate Majority Leader, has vowed to bring to the Senate floor legislation to protect same-sex marriage before the November elections. Uh, Schumer said a vote on marriage equality will happen on the Senate floor in the coming weeks. Um, His announcement comes as openly lesbian Senator Tammy Baldwin and openly shitty Senator Susan Collins of Maine are working to shore up 10 GOP votes necessary to pass their bill. I'm glad that Susan Collins is doing this, but she's really a useless piece of humanity other than that. Um, But they're working to codify same-sex marriage in the wake of Clarence Thomas's evil uh, concurring opinion in Roe v. Wade, mm-hmm. where he basically said, "Like, let's overturn all this shit." Um, Baldwin and Collins have met with Senator Rob Portman, Republican of Ohio, Tom Tillis of North Carolina, and Kristen Cinema of Arizona to discuss the path forward. Um, in addition to Collins, Portman, and Tillis, Senator Lisa Murkowski of Alaska has spoken positively about the uh, the bill, but hasn't committed to voting for it. Meanwhile. Senator Ron Johnson of Wisconsin, who's the most vulnerable GOP incumbent, said that he won't support the bill in its current form, despite saying earlier in the summer he saw no reason to oppose it. It's important to bring this to the floor before the elections, because then each senator has to go on record as saying, like, either I'm for or against marriage equality. And marriage equality is very popular with the American people. Seventy percent now support it. Nice. I thought it was higher. No? No. Just 70? 
Seventy is pretty high. Yeah, you can't really yeah, get seventy percent nah. on anything yeah. these days. I just thought it was higher. Maybe you I'm just get, hopeful. You can't get seventy percent of Americans to agree that the world is round. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I also think one in four people are gay, but that's not a real statistic. I just hope I'm hopeful. <laughs> I thought that statistic was one in five. Is it one in five? Yeah, it's one in five. Also, with teenagers, and one in five smoke. <laughs> All those vaping kids. Yeah. Meanwhile, there's a story out of Florida that. Uh, it was very interesting to me because it shows you the power of just what, what ordinary people can do to change the political landscape. Um, a group of queer teenagers in Florida successfully ousted two anti-LGBTQ lunatics from their local school board in a conservative county. Um, the ousted board members include a woman, a Karen, who once asked the police to investigate school libraries for offering an LGBTQ-themed book um, the teens, including Elisa Vidal, Cameron Driggers, and notable gay student activist Jack Petox, P-E-T-O-C-Z, Petosh, uh, they organized a campaign called Recall Flagler County School Board to replace Jill Woolbright and Janet McDonald, uh, and they were successful. Um, their seats on that school board will soon go to others after a, uh, a, a an election. Um, I can't really get into this story too deeply, but basically, it's like an underdog story. I like it. These these queer teenagers were just like, you know, fuck you. We want you out of here. That'll be a movie. Yeah, I agree. Um, in June 2020, school board meeting – in a, at a June 2020 school board meeting, Patoche publicly called on McDonald to resign, stating, despite what the member of the board may believe, it is not easier to come out as gay – than to support Donald Trump. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the suffering. It's too much. Woolbright was endorsed by Ron DeSantis, and she made national headlines in 2021 when she filed a police report against the school district's libraries for the alleged crime of offering a book called All Boys Aren't Blue by author George M. Johnson. The book, John, the book was described by her as a memoir manifesto. Um, I made it clear that I wanted whoever was responsible for putting these books in our media centers held accountable for this crime committed on our children. Oh, God. Anyway, they're gone. And we say to them, Shut up, cunt! Thank you. And finally, uh, we're going to wrap up uh, the news part of today's episode with a cocktails and cock talk story. So hit it, JB. And now, time for another stupid story. From cocktails and cocktop.com. Yeah, suck my cock. <laughs> this is an old story that's been on the rundown for a while, but um, we're finally getting to it. The, uh, the artist Frank Ocean is selling a $25,000 cock ring. What? Wow. Uh, used? <laughs> he licked it. <laughs> this is from a luxury jewelry brand called Homer. Um, I don't know that he designed it, but he did model it on his Instagram page. Everything is uh, blurred but the ring. Um, so it's really kind of hard to see what you're getting there. Um, Cocktails and Cock Talk said, as, says, as much as we enjoy seeing Ocean's pixelated peen, we think it's hardly the most effective ad for the high-end item. It doesn't even look like it goes around his balls. <laughs> the triple XL H bone ring with stones, which currently uh, retails at twenty five thousand five hundred seventy dollars, also does not sound comfortable or practical. I was gonna say, is it? Would it even be comfortable? It's handmade with eighteen karat yellow gold with an array of channel set princess cut diamonds and layers that express a pixelated bone or an H motif finished with a high polish. Um. The writer says, I personally would not be wanting to get spunk all over my 18-carat cock ring, but then again, I can't afford one. Um, there's a cheaper option of the H-bone ring, which retails for $5,495, which we also mm -hmm. will not be purchasing. But um, congratulations, Frank Ocean, for your expensive cock ring. And on that note... <laughs> I just want to know when Pandora is going to come out with their version. I want it to be accessible to me <laughs> at Claire's. Or at least Etsy. How about Etsy's version? Right. 
Our guest today is an ass favorite. He is the voice that you hear introducing me at the top of each episode. He's a comedian, a daddy, and now an actual father who's been seen <laughs> and heard on NBC, CBS, ABC, Fox, and Sirius XM. Here's a taste of the comedy stylings of Kevin Israel. Pandemic, I was married for a year and a half. Six months later, I was married for eight years. <laughs> it's real mad. If you were trapped at home through quarantine with your spouse, you get to tack on six and a half years to your relationship. Because that's what I felt like I aged by the end of it. Uh, she used to complain about this guy at work, Brett. Brett was trying to usurp her. Brett was trying to undermine her. Brett was trying to take her job. After six months in quarantine, I was Team Brett. <laughs> I found Brett on Facebook. And please give a warm-ass welcome to Kevin Israel. Kevin, you're looking absolutely scrumptious. Oh, thank you. Steve texted me when you first sat down. Hey, 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 from, hey, hey. From hey, two hey. feet away. He's like, Kevin is gorgeous. <laughs> <laughs> uh, is this your first time meeting you two? Uh, mm -hmm. Yeah, I think so. Nice, new... nice to meet you, Kevin. Thanks, Adam. <laughs> Listen, we, uh, we let it all hang out here on the ass. <laughs> Steve replaced Ryan as my co-host no. about a year ago. Oh, so. That's great. I have to say, a compliment from a gay guy that I look good is a thousand times more valuable than from exactly. Well, then I'll he knows what he time. looks like. He's not going to be upset about this. Come Ke here, sit on my face. I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, he's not. I was uh, just about to say that. <laughs> Kevin, have you ever worn a cock ring, or do you even know what one is? I know what it is, but I know I've never worn one. Do you understand the point of it? I always thought it was to delay coming, but. Steve, you explain this because I don't wear them. I don't really understand what they're for either. It basically just keeps the blood in your dick and it sometimes makes your dick slightly bigger and definitely keeps it hard so you can fuck longer. It, they also say it uh, prolongs coming, but I don't think that's a thing. Anytime I've tried to wear one, I end up pulling it off after yeah, five it minutes. Too. It's really annoying. It's uncomfortable. I, I'm married and have a kid. Fucking longer doesn't really appeal to me. <laughs> but now I know what I'm going to get you for Hanukkah. Get in, get out. That's all you need. <laughs> Kevin, the biggest development in your life since you were last on the show is that you are now a father. Yeah. Uh, yep. So what's fatherhood like? It's fantastic. I got to tell you, and you know, I, I try talking about this as much as possible because I don't think enough guys talk about it. Uh, my wife and I had trouble conceiving, and it turned out that I was the weakest link. Mm. Uh, and You look so powerful. Yeah, you would think. Um, but looks can be deceiving. Mm -hmm. And so I had the, uh, you know, all the standard tests, the barrage of tests, and it turned out I had no sperm. None. Oh. None. And when they called me to tell me, they said, you have no sperm. And I said, low sperm. And they said, no sperm. And I said, low sperm. And it was like, it was like an Abbott Costello routine. <laughs> right. Because like my mind couldn't conceive that all of this had nothing. Right. And, uh, and yeah, so I had no sperm and I had to end up having a surgery. And thankfully there was sperm. It just wasn't exiting. So what was the, it was it like a reverse vasectomy? Like what was the name of the surgery? It's called, um, oh shit, it's something aspiration. It basically, it, they just cut into your balls and suck out sperm. Was that scary for you? It was horrifying. So they literally horrifying. extracted it yeah. and then was it a in vitro yeah, then fertilization? Yeah, you, you had to do the IVF. Wow. So because I was all messed up, my wife had to go through all of that, which Aww. feels bad. Yeah. But, but it worked. Yeah. It, thank God. Look, I was very lucky and... You know, it's it's not something that a lot of men don't talk about and, and enough. And yeah, no, I'm glad you are. And uh, it's it, this the the technology, the ability to do that surgery has only existed for about 15 years. So wow. I was had I tried get, and I mean I'm 46. So had I tried getting pregnant, you know, in my 30s, <laughs> it wouldn't have been not. They would have said you have to. I mean, I've been trying to get pregnant for decades, <laughs> and it's, it hasn't worked. But Kevin, I mean, was part of you pissed off that all these years you've been using condoms and you, you know, didn't that was, fucking that need to? That was one of the things I said. To, like, I was, <laughs> I was so nervous. I was like, so I didn't have to use condoms, and the doctor was like, "Excuse me," and my wife just goes, "Oh God," and I was like, "Ah, that wasn't, that wasn't what's supposed to happen." But, but uh, seriously, yeah. So was well, you so, never could have gotten so a woman if you pregnant? Even more awkward story. So I was, I've never had surgery before. I've never had anything, and I was terrified of being put under. I was terrified of the whole thing. And I was most terrified that I was going to go through all of this and wake up and possibly say they would tell me that they didn't find any sperm. So that was oh. – it was just a lot, of, a lot of emotion. And so I was talking to the doctor who was going to be performing the surgery, and I was saying, you know, I'm really nervous about it because uh, I'm worried that I'm going to wake up and, you know, there's, it's going to be unsuccessful. Right. And he said uh, – and I – so when I was in my mid-20s, I had been with somebody who had an abortion. And oh, from so, you? Yeah. 
So I told him that and he said, well, listen, he said, if your concern is that we're not going to find any and you had been through this, he said, do you still know this person? And I said, no, no, I haven't spoken to her in 15 years at least. And he said, well, he said, if, if he said if it was me, I would, you know, track her down and talk to her. I said, wait a minute. Oh, you oh want me no. to, you want wait me to, a second. You want me to call somebody who I haven't spoken to in 15 <laughs> years and ask them if it was mine? Did, did someone else fuck you and yeah. behind uh, my did back? You, did you, and he's like, he said, listen, he said, if she says it was 100% yours, then we are definitely going to find sperm. And it's going to, he said, I'm just saying it's, a, it's an option. I'd want to know. So I mean, you could do it. I'm sure you would have done it in a, in a very gentle way and said, listen, I'm not well blaming you. <laughs> But I really need to know this for my yeah. family. So, and, and thankfully, she was an. an you did reach one, her, yeah. So, <gasps> what? so it's it. So because he put this seed in my head, no pun intended. <laughs> uh, it just, it just, it, it festered there. And I talked to my wife about it, who's an amazing person. And she said, "Listen, if that's going to make you feel better, call, reach out to her. Like, what's the big deal?" So I did. I texted her, and. I said, you know, can I talk to you about something? I know it's out of the blue. And she called me immediately, and she's such a such a sweet person. And she's now married and has kids. And I told her the situation. I said, look, you know, my wife and I are trying to have a, have a baby. There's this issue. Um, you know, you probably remember. And she said, oh, absolutely. And we started talking, and I asked her. And she said, honestly, it was so long ago, and I don't remember when I got out of my relationship with the person before you, but I'm 99% sure that it was yours. Like, I don't remember there being, she said, I never cheated on you. Right. And I said, okay. And she said, does that make you feel better? And I was like, not really. <laughs> like, I needed the 100% absolutely. Um, but God bless her so that she was willing to have that conversation with me yeah. and be so accepting about it. It's so wonderful. Um, but, and, and, and even more thankfully, it all worked out. Now, when they extracted the sperm from your balls, did they save some so that you could have another baby oh, in the future? There's like three vials full somewhere oh. in, on ice. You should sell those. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, so, so one of the, and I didn't want to make this entire experience about this. No, I love this, that this it story, is. But very um, on brand so for when, our show. once you have IVF, once you do IVF, it's a process, it's a, it's really a rough process for the woman. Once I once they had what they needed from me, I was just out of it. Right. But it's a lot of drugs. It's a lot. It's just a lot for the for the woman. And so they, you know, they extract so many eggs. They give you enough drugs that you that you produce as, as many eggs as possible. Then they extract them. Then you fertilize them. Then they start doing tests on them to figure out which ones are most viable. Yeah, viable and and also least likely to have any genetic disorders. Oh. And and it really becomes like a science fiction kind yeah. of awkward yeah. situation. Like but like eugenics. It's very very eugenics. Very but but it's it's a lot of money. We paid a, a lot of money to go through this. So you you it, you get to the point where you're like, well, as long as we're doing this, let's find. Of course, the best I mean the goal is to have a healthy baby, right? So now there's a few others that are on ice, and my wife and I are gonna. Are they fertilized? Yeah, yeah. There's a few embryos Ooh. on ice, and my wife and I are gonna. Oh, it's so creepy. It's so try cool again, try though. Again. But you can you can you can pick the sex. What? Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, but so, we didn't. So for our yeah. first one, we said just whatever. Surprise. Put it in. So we didn't know. But this time, we are going to pick the sex. And you want a girl next time? Yeah. Now the ba what's the baby's name? Daker. Daker. Yeah. How do you spell that? D A C R E. Where did that come from? Daker Montgomery. He's an actor on Stranger Things. Wow. We just really dug his name. He's like a, we saw. He's got to be the him. only Jew named Daker in the yeah, world. Oh, uh, yeah, absolutely. absolutely. <laughs> and everybody's like, "Oh, Daiquiri's nice." I was like, "Yeah, that's Daiquiri. what I named my That's son. exactly. Do you call him with. something for short? Like uh, Dake? No, actually, Dak. Actually, we call him Cakes. Oh, that's Aww. cute. Aww. Daker Cakes. Now the baby, not surprisingly at all, is beautiful, right? Because you and, yeah, and your wife are both gorgeous. He's, he's, he's the cutest fucking baby ever. He really is. And I'm asking this in all seriousness: Have you thought about getting the baby an agent? He has one. You ha he has. Yeah. Has he been in anything No, yet? he hasn't gotten any work yet. And I, I, it's funny that you've said that because I was playing with him on the bed today. And he, he's he, – I mean, look, I, I feel biased, but I'm glad you said it to justify it. He's the cutest baby I've ever seen. And oh. I'm not a baby guy. Like, he looks I was, like a Gerber baby. I was Babies never, are ugly too. So if yeah. yeah. And I was never into like yeah. – I just wasn't my thing. And I am – all in on this kid. No, Aww. in every picture of him, he's dad. posing like yeah. he's taking a selfie. And, and when you hold up the camera now, he's or the phone, he's he like, knows. he knows. <laughs> like he knows. Sorry, but it's just radio, and I just smiled. Um, but he knows, and he's a, he's an amazing, amazing little baby. But no, he hasn't got any work yet. I assume it's because he's he look. He my wife's Cuban, and I'm obviously Jewish. But he looks pretty white right now. Mm. So I assume that white babies aren't in right now. 
dealing with. Oh, that. please. I'm sure there's plenty of work for white babies still. Uh, we haven't gotten any. I think now, so. will you be pissed if the baby like gets his first TV series before you do? Oh, he would definitely get them 100%. <laughs> if I've been doing this for 21 years and haven't gotten anything, all my hopes are on my child. Aww. So let me ask you this. <laughs> so you gave up your podcast right as I was going to appear on it for the yeah. first time. We'll be having uh, your, your former co-host Kevin Gautier on the show very soon but uh, because ostensibly you didn't have enough time but you're still clearly working out like a beast Mm -hmm. so you have time for the gym and it seems like you're doing more stand-up than ever these days yeah so how are you managing that with a full-time job with being a father well as far as fitness goes my wife is also a fitness instructor on the side Mm. so we understand the importance that it is to both of us so we just we we make time for that and then comedy pays comedy may I do make decent side money making comedy doing comedy right so making com- making the comedy i do very good uh <laughs> so we so we talked about it and i said look the you know the, the podcast was a lot of time it wasn't wasn't making us any money and i've been doing stand-up for over tell me years. about it yeah so i mean it's just it's it it was a bit it's a you know for me and, Ke- and kevin goatee god bless him he does 90 percent of the work yeah and for me it was still 10 to 12 hours a week of effort Okay, and, I hear you. And so, yeah, we, you know, with the with the baby and everything, and suddenly, honestly, things do start to like. I'm definitely not working out as much as I used to. Things are, are you kidding? Oh yeah, things, you look the best are, I've seen you look you. in years. He's there, got that daddy glow. Yeah, but there, but they're also, you know, there's the fact that it's easier to keep once you get it. It's easier, you know, you can maintain. I disagree. Once you once you <laughs> once you built it, not for me. I feel like the older I get, the harder it is to just have a flat stomach. Like, oh, I don't have a flat stomach. It's the hardest fucking thing. I don't have a flat stomach. I, so, I that don't, looks pretty flat, I don't, I'm sucking in right now. I don't. Somebody sent me a picture of me from when I was 20. Well. And, but I was gorgeous. I, like, I'm, I, <laughs> I got upset when I saw this picture because I don't remember looking like that. I don't remember ever thinking like, wow, yeah. I look fantastic. We all get bigger in our bellies. Yeah. I mean, that just happens to men over time. But you, you're – I mean – most 20 year olds would love to have your body. No. Why does a straight married Take guy. Take off your shirt. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> why, why does a straight married guy need to work out as much as you do? You're not trying to attract other women, right? It's not like you guys are open. Uh, you're not trying to attract dudes. What's it for? It's for me. Just, just vanity. For, you know, yeah, it's, it's pure narcissism. I, I'm a product of the 80s. If you grew up in the in the eighties as as a boy, especially where I did, where it was all it was very whitey white conservative, you you know my heroes were Arnold Arnold Schwarzenegger, like yeah. we were talking about Sylvester Stallone. I watched He Man. I, I mean, you as a guy, you grew up with this with this whole just being beaten down with this is what you're supposed to look like, and that's and I also was a very very small kid, mm. and so I always wanted to be bigger. So I started working out in high school, and it's just it's just part of my life. And you still get regularly hit on by men, I have to imagine. Yeah, not as much as I used to, thanks. Oh. But <laughs> well, not, that'll change now I'm that you're back not, on this I'm show. I'm just not yeah. out there. I'm just not out there other than my shows. I'm, at home, I'm a homebody. Well, how gay is your gym? Not at all. Because if you went to my gym, like you, you wouldn't have any peace. People <laughs> no, would be they would following just stare you around. You, no, my you. gym is yeah. – I, I work out of this very small old, skill, old school bodybuilder gym, and it's – there's and I mean, it's all like older dudes. I'm sure everyone there is a hundred percent straight. Well, they're 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 going out of their way to cover it up. <laughs> uh, Kevin, you I feel like are one of my few friends who lives in a bipartisan world. I feel like you're a Democrat at this point, right? I'm I'm registered undeclared. But you're you lean more progressive yeah. than mm-hmm. conservative. But I feel like you you. Based on your Facebook page and the comments that I read, you've got a lot of friends that are like I worked Trumpers. for the Republican Party for 20 years. Right. What? Yeah, I was a, yeah, I worked for the Republicans. I worked for Republican candidates. I was a Republican. And and honestly, I came into the Republican Party as a kid when the Republicans were about small government, when the government yeah. when the Republicans were about low taxes, you know, strong national defense. Those were the issues that the Republicans pushed. There was none of this anti-LGBTQ, none of this you know, really like th- pushing guns. There on was you. some. There, there was, but that was it. Was way out in the fringes, and and it especially wasn't in New Jersey, New York, you know, the tri-state area. Right. But the w- the Tea Party is really what kind of started to do it for me when the Tea Party came in vogue, 
and really started becoming a, a voice in the party. And because the Tea Party originally came in and was supposed to be that wing of the part, the wing of the party that I knew, and then it um, that it kind of got corrupted by the religious right, right, and it became this other movement that started to take root, and then that's that's who Donald Trump has sort of was able cultivated, to cultivate, right, and it became this now it became this whole other thing that most Republicans, if you really were able to sit down to most rational Republicans, they would say I don't recognize the party. But well, that's can't. my question, like. Do you have friends, for instance, or people in your life that you talk to every day who believe that Trump didn't really lose the election? No, I don't have anybody. I wouldn't. Because how do you talk to them? I, 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 I have. I mean, and none of my none of my close friends would have ever. First of all, I wasn't I wasn't politically aligned in my personal life. Like politics was my job, mm. but it wasn't something that like, my friends weren't political. It just wasn't my thing. And any of my political friends that I did have, when we were out of work, we didn't talk about it because it's just it's work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just never wanted to. I wasn't one of those obsessive people. But the people, and especially on my Facebook page, who I was friends with, who did, you know, were deniers or were anti-vaxxers or were. I got rid of them. You did. Yeah, because I just I I can't. I just. I just couldn't, and you know what? Because I feel like if someone like you can't talk to those people, there's no hope for people like me. Because no. I've always been a diehard liberal Democrat. You were like, kind of in the middle, yeah, politically. And you, like you said, you worked for the Republicans, so you would think that you could at least relate to them on some level. But you just you blocked them too. Yeah. No, I just and and also, my personal beliefs have have evolved. Yeah. As and and not even necessarily evolved, but you just start to see the 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 other side and you know just the concept of welfare and the concept of taking care of people and just just being a good person right yeah. i mean let's be honest republicanism was always kind of shitty because it's, it's it's great to say oh i'm for low taxes i'm for low taxes but what that really means mm -hmm. is low taxes on the rich and corporations yep. which means no services for poor people right. it's not like a really a value to be proud of right and i you know i grew up in a wealthy area uh, it was mostly white. I didn't. I didn't have a black friend till I was in college. I didn't. I didn't. I never even met a gay person who was who was out until I was a, until a me freshman a freshman in college, wow. and uh, and so I just didn't know. So when you hear people saying, "Yeah, low taxes, people should be able to help themselves, pull yourselves up by your bootstraps," you're like, "Yeah, that sounds." It good. all sounds reasonable. It's, it makes sense. But then when you start to see people who that doesn't work for and why it doesn't work for them, you you have to open your eyes and say. Some people need help, and some people need help longer. And it's than not just... an, it's not a level playing field. No, it, it's it's really it's really not, and it's hard. And my wife and I, I, I have a day job. I, my wife and I do well, and we still struggle. Right. You know, it's it's not easy, even for the people who are by all accounts doing well. Right. So. Well, we're gonna uh, go from the the sublime to the ridiculous with ask me no questions <laughs> and fire no a bunch questions. of inappropriate no questions. questions at you. Yeah. This is my favorite part of the show. At what age did you lose your virginity? I was 17. That's fairly normal. Yeah. I would think that girls would have been like all over you though. Or were you, was that yeah, before you got I hot? Was, I was as, until I was a until I was about 16, I was really little. I was I looked like a little boy. I mean, it wouldn't have been a problem for me at that age. <laughs> I was still hit on you, but uh, okay. Um 17 was like a girlfriend or yeah, just a yeah. And then when you got to college, did you have lots of sex? Uh yeah, you know, I had girlfriends. I did okay. My twenties were, once I graduated, were really a that was a, Bang a City, good, a good time. Were you in a fraternity in college? Yeah. What fraternity? KDR. And what the Delta fuck is Red. that? It's a it's a smaller national fraternity, but we were like the all the like the region. We were kind of like the geeky fraternity. Yeah, mine was too. We were like like engineers and band members. That was and, me too. And that's funny. I was in Kai Sai at Michigan. Um, describe your pubic area. Is it full <laughs> full bush, trimmed hedge? Or hardwood floor. I'm really ashamed of this answer. It's a mess right now. Full bush. Yeah. But again, the only one seeing it is your wife, yeah, right? But I feel bad. I feel like I do a trim. Bad. I I have, but I need to. I need to spend more. It's it's one of those things that it's like, well, here's some things that I just don't have time to do anymore. And trimming that just is one of those things that falls off quick. I mean, I know that Steve, JB, or myself would be happy to perform this service for you. <laughs> and by the way, I shave my entire body from my no my waist up. I also no get just for your Instagram uh, photos. Get out. Yeah. <laughs> but you don't have time to do yeah, the pubes. Yeah, because it's a, yeah. It's just, That's lazy. Yeah. <laughs> what is uh? Do you watch porn, and if so, what's your favorite genre? Uh, I'm 
vanilla when it comes to porn. I do watch porn, but just I don't just I don't, normal. I don't go. I think it's it's if it's not some kind of sex that I could see myself having, mm. I can't I can't get into it. You know what I like, Nuru. What's Nuru? Nuru is like a massage porn where the girl gets all oiled up and rubs all over the guy. Oh, she's giving the massage? Yeah. Interesting. I, I kind of dig that. So you like her to be the seducer. The yeah. Sen- the sensual oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. part of it. T- wow, typically, you, I, typically, I want the woman to be. You're enjoyed. really heterosexual. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, if you had, <laughs> I love this question. If you had to have sex with a male celebrity, like there was a gun to your head. Someone said, you have to have sex with any famous man. Who would it be? This, I just had this conversation. Who was, the, who was that pick? Uh, probably Chris Pine. Oh, that's oh, a good answer. Interesting. He was he made it into our vows, our wedding vows. <laughs> because my, you've been thinking about him for a while. Yeah, he's stunning. <laughs> I'm not horrified by gay sex. Good. Like, I'm not one of those straight people who's like, like. Well, I'm not horrified by straight sex either. So that yeah. makes sense. I've like, had to, straight like, sex. I don't eat seafood, but it doesn't gross me out. Right. The same way, like teasing guys kiss. Like, like if you some, had to kiss a guy for a movie, if you were in a cast in a movie, you wouldn't like freak out. Yeah, I think I'm, I think it would take a couple of takes to get it where <laughs> I didn't practice. look like. Awkward. Can I have another take, please? <laughs> <laughs> I want to keep kissing Chris Pine. Um, have you ever seen Mike Sicoli naked? No, that's a shame. He uh, does have very puffy nipples, though. Uh, good to know. <laughs> I haven't seen Mike in forever. That's um, an observation. <laughs> I'm going to give you an F. Mary Kill Jewish edition. Oh boy. So you have to fuck one, marry one, and kill one among these three women, Gal Gadot, mm-hmm. Sarah Silverman, or Winona Ryder. All Jewish, by the way. Um, kill Winona Ryder, because I can't remember what she looks like right now. She's on Stranger Things. Yeah. Your favorite oh, show. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know why I blanked on that. Yeah, kill her. Uh, <laughs> fuck Sarah Michelle Gellar and marry Gal Gadot. No, not Sarah Michelle Gellar. Sarah Silverman. Oh, Sarah Silverman. Oh, <laughs> Jesus. You said that and my mind heard. What I wanted. She's Jewish, though. I'm going to take Sarah Michelle Gellar. Is she? Yeah. Well, she's not leaving Freddie Prince Jr. for you. <laughs> I think the correct answer is kill Winona Ryder, yes. Marry Sarah Silverman because she's hilarious and rich and fuck Gal Gadot. Although Gal Gadot's probably got more money than Sarah oh, Silverman way at this more. point. Um, okay, the TV show Friends, classic comedy or terrible twaddle? I mean, it's I, it's uh, that's pro, that's tough because I consider it a classic, but I don't think it's funny. Uh, I'll have to go with Terrible Twaddle, I guess. I love Friends. I don't understand anyone who hates that show. <laughs> I just don't think it's funny. Um, will you, at long last, whip out your penis and show it to us? No, <laughs> you guys would be so disappointed. First of all, I'm a grower, not a shower, so it's it's nothing impressive. Well, right now it probably looks like a, a, a twig surrounded by a nest, right? Yeah, yeah, right now, yeah, it looks like a baby bird. That's an- <laughs> That's another reason to trim. That's the whole why, reason like, I trim down my, my pubes is because it makes my dick look so much bigger. Yeah. And you know, it's fine. I give great massages plus a happy ending. <laughs> <laughs> JB is here for it. Um, Kevin, I know that you uh, are, as I said, doing a lot of performing these days. What have you got coming up? Where can the listeners see you I'm in so all your glory? Go to my website, kevinisrael.com. I didn't bring up my dates. Um, I'm going to be at Mohegan Sun in Pennsylvania at some point. Comedy Dojo, also in New Jersey. You know, I never did casinos. I never like oh, I made I, so it that I do, far. I do Foxwoods uh, about once a month. How how large a crowd? Uh, they usually get a couple hundred. And it's fun. No, <laughs> no. I feel it's, like it would be like a cruise ship. It's yeah. It's it's well. That sh- the show there is is unique, but it's it's rough. It's not a comedy crowd. It's more like people who just want to take a break from gambling, and they're like, "I oh, will go do this." Yeah, Joe Larson always told me the best thing to do is just memorize a lot of quick jokes, like from a joke book, and get. Oh, up and you just do get those. up there and just spew your material and get off. There's no like, <laughs> there's no fun, there's no banter, there's no nothing. You just. How can people follow you on all of your uh, your your social media? Twitter is Kevin Israel underscore NJ. Uh, Instagram is Kevin Israel Comedy. Facebook is just me, uh, and my website kevinisrael.com, has all my dates. And remember, the more shirtless photos you show, the more uh, followers of the Adam Sank Show will follow you. <laughs> and that's what I want. <laughs> thank you. Thank you for schlepping all the way thank in here from you. New Jersey. No, I love you. you. It's always me. a pleasure. And thank you to all the listeners who do follow me and call me daddy. And hit um, on you. <laughs> send you inappropriate DMs. I appreciate it. Uh, Steve and JB, plug yourselves. I am Cub Mexi on Instagram and Steve Cesaro Medina on Facebook. I am Stocky Anarchy 12 on Instagram. Thank you both so much. Thank you, Kevin Israel. We are back next week with another ass favorite, comedian Irene Bremis. 
Subscribe to this podcast at dnrstudios.com. Don't forget to order your ass merchandise at adamsank.com. Follow me, me, on Twitter and Instagram at adamsank. You can look at my naughty Instagram photo that made my family stop speaking to me. Uh, and on TikTok at adamsankofficial. Email me at adam at adamsank.com. Have a great week, bitches. Bye. Bye.